What's up, everybody? This is your host of the Military Millionaire Podcast with my beautiful co-host, Alexander Felice, and my beautiful. good friend. Yes, beautiful. I don't know. He's wearing <laughs> pink. What do you want me to say? Manly? I couldn't agree more. Dudley? Sexy pink. <laughs> there you see? There you go. And my good friend, Ryan, who hang we hang out every now and then here in San Diego. So Ryan is, and I'm going to give this intro a total butcher job, but Ryan got into e-commerce and some Shopify stuff when he was in high school, like sophomore in high school, I think. And he's going to correct me on all that I mess up as we go. And then he got his first real estate deal under contract. He actually wasn't 18 yet. So he had to get somebody else to help him sign on it. He's done a little bit of real estate, done fairly well with e-commerce. And then my favorite thing we're going to talk about here in a little bit was how he graduated high school. And we're going to dig into that as well. But Ryan's just one of those guys who doesn't let things stop him. He's 18 and he's already doing things that a lot of people talk about doing. And I wanted to get him on the show so we could talk about some of the mindset stuff and some of the stuff that he's been going through because I think this is really cool and we'll just kind of open open eyes to what's possible if you put your mind to it. So yeah, that's my intro. Ryan, welcome to the show, brother. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle 1, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic 1, Oscar Mike. Thank you. Thank you, David. I'm excited to be here. I remember it's kind of crazy because I used to just scroll through all your videos and then look at this podcast. And now it's like, I'm talking to you, but it was even more crazy when I went to that meetup last year and I was actually talking to you. That was just a mind opening thing. You, you really have changed my life, David, and I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you. So Alex, you asked before we uh, got on the show, if he was selling anything and he's selling me. So you better back off and let him do it. No. <laughs> Hawk, another dude hawking bullshit. <laughs> yep. Guys, if you want to buy my course, link in the show notes. You know, it's it's one spot limited. You know, only today. It's not going to go to a ClickFunnels page. Trust me. Like, come on. <laughs> 2021. So I got those gurus. Oh my gosh. All right. So Ryan, give us a little backstory here. I know, I know you did some e-commerce stuff. You want to give just a kind of catch people up on what you've done over the last few years, and then we're going to dig into my fun, the fun stuff. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, my humble beginnings started off in San Diego. I'm born and raised here. Parents are b- both Asian. I don't know if that's important or not, but put it out there. So I've lived here my whole life. It's a small, I live in a small kind of area. We're well off, but you know, we had some struggles as a family. I have an autistic sister. You know, some things happened in 2008 where my dad lost his job. And then my mom got bipolar. With everything that's happened with the market, we also lost these three properties that we had in Texas. And that just put a huge financial burden and stress on everyone in the family. So what happened with that was my mom got bipolar and it eventually got worse and worse until about 2014, 2015. She suddenly quit her job, wasn't taking her medication, and it pretty much devastated our family. And my dad was still like barely surviving because he just got a new job and now he has to deal with an autistic sister his son and trying to find his wife who disappeared you know i love my mom and everything but you know these things just sometimes happen with families and it it really does suck so that 
that was just atrocious because I didn't see my mom for around three years. Some nights I didn't know if she was dead or alive. It was pretty emotional. And I, I had to take care of my sister while I was in Boy Scouts and doing school and doing sports. So I really learned how to balance my time from a young age. And I was also very into like money. I tried to get my first bank account when I was in like first grade. I was begging my parents trying to get my first debit card. And it was kind of funny, actually, with all the cryptocurrency that's happening right now. My friend and I tried to buy Bitcoin. We were like in eighth grade when it was only like, like 10 bucks or whatnot. Or not 10 bucks. It was, it was pretty cheap. But I was trying to convince my parents to get a debit card. During that time when it was like eighth grade, my mom had left. And I just really wanted to be like the breadwinner for my family just to make sure that they were able to, like my sister and my dad didn't have to worry about money because that was a huge stress factor, right? I went behind my parents' back. I mean, my parent, my dad only being there. And I started looking into drop shipping, got into drop shipping when I was about 13, 14. I started off with social uh, media marketing at first and grew my page, my brand page for drop shipping from zero to 25,000 followers. So that was pretty funny. But I remember like it was like yesterday where I would be looking, I was hungry for like a 13, 14 year old. I mean, I couldn't get a job until 16. I was like, well, I want to have, I want to be like rich, like these influencers and gurus shining, shining showing off their Lambos and Gucci X Louis Vuitton trash bags, whatever they have now. But I really wanted that image, which was the wrong image, by the way. If you're, if you're young, like if you're like under 18 or if you like that stuff, I mean, it's fine, but you should be going after something else. Anyways, to get on track, I had no debit card. I was doing this through a PayPal account and I wasn't even sure if it was legal to run a Shopify store off of a PayPal account when you're like 13, 14. So I was doing that and I eventually got my first sale after DMing people and doing all sorts of crap on my Instagram page and growing it. My I was just growing my followers and it eventually got up to uh, 25,000 on my brand page and then 100,000 on the influencer page. And I was basically feeding the influencer page as traffic and funneling it to my brand page and building a brand off of that. Uh, eventually, it was, it was actually a Stranger Things show. The show kind of died off because it comes in different seasons. And it was pretty inconsistent. But by the time I turned 16, I saved about $10,000, which is pretty good. Then that was a time where I kind of fell in a rut and I let college get into my head. I thought, you know, hey, well, I'm getting into my junior year. This is when my mom came back to life was actually getting uh, better, you know, we had caretakers in the family, so I had people taking care of my sister. I was basically like, well, maybe I should just live like a normal kid now. I haven't been able to do that at all. And I let, I, let, I let it get to me, pretty much. I started trying to be the popular kid. I also thought of having stable income. I wanted the, the ego of maybe going to Harvard or some like prestigious school or having some nice job as a title. And then... My friend came, who the one who introduced me to uh, Bitcoin and like dropshipping pretty much, which was Gabe, the one that you, we met at the, that was my best friend that we yeah. met um, at the meetup last year. So he, he got me into pretty much real estate and showed me who David was. He showed me that how to get into real estate for, I forgot, it was, it was your most popular video. What was that, David? Who knows back then? Uh, it might have been my how to get rich in the military with a budget for beer. Yeah, that that's the one. I know that's the one. It had like the the red kind of like, I, I, don't know, I remember the thumbnail like so well because I have a photographic memory, but I remember it. And, you know, I thought only with only one month of real estate knowledge, you know, all I knew before I was 16 or actually I turned 17. I just turned 17. All I knew was 
e-commerce and all that stuff back then. Ryan, so yeah. we got you up to here. 17, I got you. You're a slacker. How do you turn it around? Yeah, I was 17. I was slacking. I was being a little bitch, to be honest, trying to go to college and chasing things that weren't really like me. So then my friend, I, I see David on a live saying, Hey everyone, we gotta we gotta meet up in downtown. It's our first. And I was like, oh shit, holy fucking shit, it's him from YouTube. Holy fucking shit. Real estate, money, let's go. I, I drove up to my my friend's house. I'm like, dude, come on, we gotta go. Let's go. His mom says no. I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit. Jump in the car, gets in the car. We just drive down there as fast as we can. We came a little late. And then that Ryan means totally just curfew. Yeah, no, not, not not me. It was uh, actually I did because of my friend and we actually got in trouble that night. I was told that I, he couldn't see me for two weeks or talk to me from his parents. So it was worth it, though, because what I learned there was more than school has taught me with opportunities. David and, you know, a couple of people like a D and I think John, like they showed me wholesaling. They, the D first showed me the term wholesaling. It was like, well, it sounds like drop shipping, but on a larger scale. And so then after that meetup, I just dove straight into this real estate. And I was like, well, you know, this is like the next drop shipping, basically. Yeah. So the that, lesson is you got to, you got to keep surrounding yourself around people that motivate you. Wait, so why did you, what, what changed? Well, I guess you explained it earlier about, so you're doing the dropship thing when that ended, you didn't know what to do next. Yeah. Well, because back in, it was like actually like 2018 at the time. And then the stranger things like season, the next season was like being delayed and stuff. And also everyone and their mom knew about dropshipping at that time, like from 2018, after 2018, it was like completely saturated. Facebook ads started to cost a lot more. Things just went up, shipping times, everything. And it got pretty much worse. And I just wasn't enjoying it because the margins are so small. It wasn't really worth it for the time I was putting into it. I mean, I, I was I was from like 13 till I was about 16 or 17. I, the reason why I'm 5'3", I'm and the reason why, that's, why behind that is because I hustled day in and day out during school nights on the weekends just to, you know, for, for dropshipping, basically. I only got four hours of sleep consistently because I was doing school, I'd wake up, go to school, come back. I, I'd try to do my some dropshipping work at school too on my phone. I'm in Instagram stuff. And then after I got home from school, you know, I have homework. But not only that, I also had basketball practice. And basketball practice was consistently like two. Sometimes practice was about like five hours. So I had like different practices. And then I'd have dinner. And then Boy Scouts sometimes. And then on top of that, I'd be like nine o'clock. I'd work from nine to one or two in the morning, relentlessly, day in and day out from, from that time. And okay. that's why I'm so freaking short. But is that what you're is that what you're gonna do with um is that what you're gonna do with wholesaling? No, definitely not, because health is more important. That's why I learned. <laughs> health is a lot more important in longevity. Are you worried that the, the the complaint you made about drop shifting was the margins come down, the competition came up, and the overhead increased. Yeah, Are you worry that that's you're coming into wholesaling at a very popular time. Yeah, I think um, you know it is getting more popular and more popular. But I think with other other ways, I mean, it's the best way you can get your foot in the door with wholesaling, and it can open up into other opportunities of real estate that won't be as saturated, like creative financing options aren't going to be as saturated because these, I feel like these people on, on 
who are learning it from like TikTok and stuff, they're learning it from 10 second videos, which are just showing the good side of the business. And it's a 10 second video. What, what can you really learn from it? And they're just going at it through motivation. And I think they'll just die out quick because they think it's a get rich quick scheme. And wholesaling takes a lot more time. I think it's a lot higher of a barrier of entry than drop shipping. Yeah, I don't know the barrier to entry to drop shipping. There's definitely a higher barrier to entry to wholesaling than most people. I think you're right. People hear about it. They're like, you can make money in real estate, thousands on one transaction with no money mm-hmm. and bad credit. That's what they hear. Yeah. And it's like maybe at a year, five to $10,000 budget, a billion no's. Yeah. A lot of embarrassment. You know, you also have to have a lot of character too. And in dropshipping, uh, you don't you really have to do that. Well, because with real that? estate, with higher margins, you kind of have to wait for the first deal. Your first deal could be eight months from now and then it'll be 10,000. But with dropshipping, you can get your first dollar after like 15 days. So you oh, get you're a lot saying, more motivated. Um, you, have to be, you have to be patient enough and committed enough yeah. to get through. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. long game, real estate. It is a long game. And that's what People, I realized. And I was like, 90% of millionaires, this, this statistic, I don't even know if it's right because 80% of statistics are wrong, but 90% of millionaires, I don't know from where, that's where I heard it from, but they came from real estate. But I definitely know and I started to see that real estate is where long-term wealth is played and you don't see fucking dudes flashing Lamborghinis and like Gucci trash bags and Yo, my man really doesn't like... He's got a pet peeve. Bro, I I uh, hate fucking gurus, bro. I hate gurus. I seriously (laughs) do not like But you like David? But you like David? I cannot understand this kid's logic. How does that make sense? No, no, no. David (laughs) is a... He's a guru. He's a guru. He actually does the business. He's not like, you know, these people who are trying to sell the business and, you know, who aren't even in it. So that's... it's. I think that's really the difference. And, you know, some of these gurus are good. I love this dynamic that we have right now. David's sitting in the middle being his everyday average self and I'm pulling him down like an anchor and you are putting him on this pedestal like a Greek god. I love this. And he's just sitting there like, I am a regular dude with I like this phrase, Duru. I, I could dig this. <laughs> yeah, he is making up new acronyms and acronyms. Like, don't, don't break your wrist jerking him off, okay? Just calm down. A it's, a, it's a swag. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So, David, you didn't you didn't mention that one time on the show where you just got that duplex and you were in, in your bed, right? You didn't mention that yet. <laughs> just kidding. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> um, I don't know where we're going. With. That's that's for the meetup. That's for the meetup. So so if you guys want to hear the story, you got to come to the meetup oh and get upsold by his course. Well, well, I'll I'll help him upsell you. So don't worry. And <laughs> he's running my shop. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. Everything. All right, Ryan. Okay, so you got to tell the story of high school, your senior year. Yep. So senior year, which is last year, 2020, I go to the meetup. I get hyped up from, you know, it's, it's February after the meetup, looking into real estate. And then I looked into wholesale lease options by Joel McCall. That wasn't a good call, especially for the market in San Diego. It's not like a, a renter's market at all. And so what happened was I kind of spun my wheels for a little bit and then... I just decided, well, let me just do wholesaling itself. Because the reason why I chose wholesale lease options, which is like just like creative financing for real estate, was because I thought it was like a less competitive like wholesaling. But that wasn't really the case. 
but it was just another thing that I could add to my tool belt with regards to wholesaling and making real estate deals. And so I just deep dived into wholesaling. And what I did with that was I started looking for partners on YouTube. So I looked San Diego wholesaler and this guy popped up and I partnered with him because I was under 18. I, I wasn't as confident too. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And that pretty much broke off. I was driving for dollars every day while going to school. I was doing a lot of stuff during that partnership. And I just felt like he was still at his job and he wasn't putting as much time and commitment into it. I mean, he was, just, he was a great dude and stuff. And he had, a, he had a couple of deals under his belt, but I just wasn't getting any traction with him. And I felt like I could just do it on my own. So I decided to go into the Ohio market and go virtual and just do it by myself. I didn't even care if I couldn't, if I was 18. I mean, I should, I did have it in mind, but I was like, I'm going to figure it out because my goal was I started taking it seriously back in October. I said, I'm going to get one deal no matter what before the end of the year. And I'm also going to be an Eagle Scout. And I'm also going to finish school within, within one month so I can get that out of the way and get my fucking deal. And that was it. There was no if, and, or buts. There's nothing else. And at the end of 2021, before I turned 18, which was my birthday was, uh, my birthday is December 22nd. So on December 20th, I actually closed my deal, but I didn't make any, any, anything off of it because I mean, we can go into that later, but I basically got like you, blackballed and scammed. <laughs> are you allowed by to the do end buyer. Are you allowed to do that before you're 18? Yeah, but you're supposed to have it in an LLC. I didn't have an LLC. I just started making phone calls, started texting people. And that's why I had the partner at first because I was like, well, you know, I should just do it the safe way, but we weren't getting any results from it. I mean, my daily routine for that was basically wake up in the morning at 5 a.m., go driving for dollars, then go to school at 8.30, but I would be on my laptop. I would go to school in the car. And then I'd go to downtown, stay in the Zoom kind of, pull the probate leads, come back home, get another Zoom meeting for uh, school, and then start cold calling until to like midnight. It was a tough market in San Diego, pretty much. And I was only going to get like 10% of the deal if I did close it. What's up, guys? Today, I wanted to stop and sponsor my own podcast by myself, which is a little cheesy, to tell you about the course that I'm launching called From Zero to One, Real Estate Investing for Beginners. Now, this is not a course to help you get rich fast. This is not a course to promise you to make a bajillion dollars, but this is the course that will help you get from zero rental properties to one rental property. It is designed to get you through your first purchase. Everything you need to know to get you through that step with support from myself, obviously via email and whatever, so that we can talk and I can help answer some of those questions for you. And it is extremely affordable right now because I'm launching it for only 97 bucks, which given the amount of content in there and the testimonials I got from the people who tested it beforehand, I am super on the low end for that price, but I'm going to probably have to bump it up in a little while. But for now, to test the waters and see exactly how many people I'm able to help with this, I want it to be extremely affordable because I want to help service members and veterans get their feet in the water. So if you are interested in learning about rental properties and you just want to learn how to get your first one, and then there are some bonus episodes in there to help you advance past that. But if you really just want to know everything you need to know to buy your first property without screwing yourself over, this is the course for you. Go ahead and check it out. The link will be down below in the show notes and back to your episode.
Well, look, when you're new, you're all risk and no experience. Yeah. You know, people, it's kind of, I'm glad you recognize that, but people take, they get greedy when they're new, right? It's like take 10%. You don't know. You don't know anything. You're, somebody else is going to do most of the deal. But you end up. So what you're saying is, you went off on your own in Ohio and, and you closed the deal right before your birthday. And then, but hang on, you didn't explain how you you mucked it up. How'd you not get paid? How how did you get away around doing I, it when you were 18? Okay, so what I did was, I mean, what what I did was, I just pretty much found someone on um, the like Facebook, which I do not recommend. It was just some random person, kind of, but he was another wholesaler and. I mean, this guy was like helping me throughout the whole way because I met him right as soon as I got into the market. And as soon as I got into the Ohio market, two weeks later, I got a hot lead and that was when I got the deal. But so it was two weeks of just getting on the phone call on a phone call with this guy, just talking about wholesaling and how things were going. He was in the same market and I just had a feeling that I could like really trust him and he seemed like a good person. I mean, I've never met him in real life or anything still to this day. So but what happened? He, but he signed it. He signed it, and I we had to close in like ten days. And pretty much what happened was the property. It was like a very higher end property. It was a freaking mansion. This property was a mansion, which is you're not going to get a lot of buyers. So I finally got a buyer after like two days. So I only had seven days or ten days to close it, and so I was in a time crunch. But I was like, I need to get this deal. I need to get this deal. I need to get this deal. And I just kind of took the first buyer. And he kind of just led me around. And what he did was, I think he was trying to wait for me to let the contract expire because he knew it was like 10 days. I told him the contract price too. I was stupid. He was trying to get around me like the whole time. I just thought he said he had like 30 years experience and things like that. So I was being really fucking dude, stupid. We got to work on your storytelling skills. I still don't know what happened. Okay. So what happened was the contract expires. I find a new buyer. That end buyer just goes around me and didn't even um, pay me out, even though it was that title and everything. Okay. How much did the deal make? How much did he make? The he well, the person who signed it for me. The person who who bought the deal. Person who bought the deal. I'm not even sure. You're killing she, me. She wasn't. She was. How wasn't much telling. was the how much was the ARV of the property that you got under contract? Okay, the ARV was about five hundred, and I got and the. What property did you get under contract for? I got it for two thirty five, bro, bro. What did you learn? Let me ask you a question. What lesson did you learn from this this transaction? Look for have more time in the deal, and just like have a good buyer's list and make sure you're like more confident in yourself. Those are good lessons. That's pretty much it. Because I was like super pressured on myself just to just pick the first person. One thing I think I would do better is also know the area a little bit better because. That area, no one would want to put two hundred thousand into that, or like five hundred thousand all into that property because it was really fucking beat up, and it would probably take like one hundred and fifty k in work. Now I'm looking back on it, and I just didn't have a system to find like the buyers. I knew how to get to um, the the part where I got the deal from the seller, but not after that. You you act like you're beating yourself up about this, but I don't think you realize that everybody mucks up their first deal. Everybody. Yep. Right. It's always yeah. the deal. Like, oh, I mucked up my first. It's not my, I didn't get a deal out of it because I, I effed it up. At least David, yeah, physically he's, he's been doing it for years and he still hasn't gotten one right. 
<laughs> Yo, I can't I, stop with him. Shots fired. I, I've I've lost thirty grand on a flip before, so at least you didn't lose money in this deal. You learned a lesson, dude. But look, you're looking at the wrong side. You're yeah. like, look, you you created two hundred thousand dollars of value out of thin air, out of talent, and you messed up the procedural side, which you got basically eighty one years to fix. Yeah, that's why I try to look at the bright side. I mean, after that, I got I got a next deal on the, on the same day I turned eighteen. I got another property under contract and I was, I've been working on that one for a long time, but long story short, I just kept going after that. It didn't, I didn't let it, let it take me down. What part all. of Ohio are you in? I'm not in Ohio at all. I'm in San Diego. What part, where's the wholesaling going on? Oh, you're asking where the whole, okay. It was Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Is, are you still doing wholesaling out there? Yeah, I, I am. We're just following up in a couple of leads, but what we're doing is I'm switching markets just because I'm looking for bigger deals because a lot of the spreads are less than 10,000 here dude for like wholesale assignments yeah and should. there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with like the seller and like the issues with the property like a lot of the properties that we come by are like require like a full full rehab bro we aren't getting you're killing me right now this kid david is killing me why what why did you choose ohio in the first place because it was there's a lot quicker to get a deal there than san diego so where are you going to but go deals, next that you think is going to have higher margins that you, you, you already did a deal in Ohio. So you're already starting to learn the market. You're going to give all that up. You're going to start another market. I'm curious what market you think is so much better and less competitive at this point in the larger. I mean, have you seen, have you seen what's happening in real estate right now, my friend? Yes, I have. It makes, I don't why... think, I, I think it's more mania right now than it was in 2007. It's insane. Yeah, it is. So, like, what insane. market are you going to go start in? Right, you're gonna, you're going to start over right now. Like, look, if you're going to start over in a new market, now's the time. But I know buyers in Cleveland, and they're buying deals in the Midwest. I think that's the best place in the U.S. to do. If you're looking for buyers that are like bulk buyers that are going to do long distance rentals, Airbnbs, or flips, that's the place. The Midwest, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Columbus, in the Midwest out there. You said you're going to leave. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do in your business. But I'm curious. You did one deal there. It went okay, not great. You're working on a second one. And you're like, I'm going to pick up and go. You're going to go greedy. You're, you said, I'm going to go play, find some of bigger margins. No, what, I, what happened was I actually did two deals after that. But I JV'd because I understood that. Like, like listen, I, didn't, I don't know the streets in Cleveland. I've never been there before. I didn't know the market too well. And you really have to like be there and like live there to really know what streets are, are good and not. And you know, I should have just done more um, homework before I went into the market. But yeah, one thing about go? Cleveland, probably like Texas, like South Texas. You're killing me. Reno. Do you know it? Do you know it's South Texas? No, but I'm doing my research. I'm I'm really I'm pretty much debating like where to go. I just know I don't want to be in Cleveland because the, the crime rates are increasing over there. I just don't really see anything good too answer. good in Cleveland. And I don't I wouldn't want to be there like myself. It's like pretty I don't know. I just wouldn't want to be there. Yo, he said Cleveland, Ohio, and everybody who lives there is ratchet. That's what he just said. <laughs> yeah. Most people there. Most people. That's why he's not there. Because he's not ratchet. Yeah. Well, a lot of the a lot of the people that I've like met and worked with, like, like I'm not trying to be like, you know, just like throw shade out there, but you know, they're like fucking cocksuckers. They're really like fucking cocksuckers out there. Like I'd say like nine out of the ten people were just trying to like fucking like go around you or you know, maybe it was just me, but I try to come off as nice and you can't really play nice out there. You have to pretty much fight fire with fire. 
Let me tell you something, man. Yeah, you're young. So people are going to, they're going to try to get away with shit with you. And that's just the nature of it. And so you're like, hey, you got to be tough. Yeah, you kind of have to be. But, you know, in this business, good values goes farther. People that are really transactional and like that will snake you and those kind of things, they're not going to last the long run. So don't learn too much from that behavior because that behavior doesn't last. People who do bad business like that don't make it very far. So you don't want to like, like you're going to go to another city. It's like, I mean, I feel you, but people are people, right? They're not any worse in Cleveland than they are in Texas. Promise. On a Oh, David's here. I forgot. Good. An official piece of advice, something I would recommend off your first deal is looking into potentially filing memorandum of affidavits when you get something under contract. I think that's the right term. It's kind of changed up depending on what market you're in. But it's basically you can file it with your county when you you can do it. Your title company can help you with it. But basically what it is is like intent to intent to purchase officially. And so what it does is like if someone tries to backdoor you on that, like on that last deal, they would essentially when they come to closing on title, they would essentially need your signature to let them close the transaction. And it, it allows you that, hey, we had a contract. So now I'm going to ask you for 10 grand or whatever to close this deal, or I'm going to uphold my end of the contract and you can't buy it. Yeah. But what was actually happening was the seller started to resent me because I didn't close on that like 10 day period. It expired. And it, gotcha. the memorandum, I would have to do it through like the person who signed it and the title company. Like it was weird because since I was under 18, they couldn't really like just like wire me the money. They just couldn't because I was under 18. So what they would have to do is they'd wire it to, it was just like really complex because I was under 18. We tried to do that, but you know, we just, it just didn't work out. I tried to talk with the, the title company to do that, but they were like, well, I forgot what they were saying, but it was something about because I was 18, it's hard to kind of structure it where I get paid out. So I'd have to get it sent to the person who signed it and then they would sign it, they would send it to me. But at the end of that, it would the way that would be done was the seller or no, no the buyer, the end buyer would have to make a separate agreement between us. And she wasn't going to do that until it closed, apparently. So we let it close. And then I tried to contact her and what she told me was, what the fuck are you doing? You should owe me money. That that whole property was a clusterfuck. And then we never talked again. But yeah, um, look, man, this is a hard business to go. Like it's so good you're at your 18 because now you don't have to go around the law. Like this is a hard business yeah. to do sketchy. I mean, that's not like, you know, it's not immoral. It's just, you know, a technical law. So I love breaking technical laws all day. <laughs> yep. uh, but it's good that you don't have to do that because that's a pain, right? And then people are going to take advantage of you. If you're breaking the law, then you tell the con- the people in the transaction that they can break the law, right? It's like, I don't yeah. give a shit. And then they're like, well, you know, what's he going to do, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's what that's what happened. She knew the laws. And she's like, oh, I don't have to pay him shit. So she just, she just did it. So uh, look, I've be been 18. Visible. Be 18. That's the best advice. Be right fucking there. 18. <laughs> Be 18. Look, I love that. I don't even do I know I've been giving you a hard time. I love the tenacity to have, you know, I love that you tried to, you were doing it before you were, you were 18. That's just awesome. Cause I was, I was at least every bit of 10 years older than that before I thought about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you got a big, you got a big head start. But let me tell you something, man. People still burn me in this business. People that I've known for a long time, people that I've given money to that worked out. And then one day they just take your money and ghost. So, you know, being tough, I guess, or, you know, that's not really the way I would say, but 
you know when somebody's going to burn you. You got to be careful. Yeah, you got to be a little careful. You you don't think it's you like if you don't think that people are po- are capable of it, you're definitely wrong. So you should always know that. Hey, what in the what situation would have to occur that they'd steal from me or whatever the case? Yep, exactly. And it's like you know, it's like I wish I just had an LLC. I wish like I just set that up. It's just hard because my parents really weren't supportive of me doing this at all just because of their bad experience in 2008. So it was just like, I needed to get this deal no matter what. I don't care from 18, just bending all the rules, sleeping in my car, getting school done. You know, it was just, I had to do it. I don't care if I, well, actually I do care if I go to jail. That'd be a bad thing, but I need to get that deal no matter what. And I was, yeah. I'm still content with um, not even getting paid out because it was just a huge like spank in the ass at the end for like a lesson learned. Well, and, yeah. and, and like making zero on a deal is a much better way to learn a lesson than losing a shitload of money like most people do. Yeah. Yep. That's what I told myself. It could have been like way worse. Way, way worse. Yeah. You're going to have worse deals. Like you're owed at least one now. <laughs> you got every loses money sometimes, you know? So that's a part of the best part of the business. So, but it's good that you did that first one. I love that. Yep. And so then after that first one, I kind of just started to wander off and was like, well, maybe I should JV because I don't really, I don't really know my numbers here. I don't, I don't think I have enough buyers. JV'd with, for my next two deals and those went out well. And yeah, I'm pretty much at a point where I'm just trying to rebuild like my foundation as regards to marketing because I'm trying to make it in a way where it's like really organized and a part of where I know which leads are getting called if they're like, you know, just like trying to organize my marketing. Um, if you look into REI Sift, I can't really explain it. It's like so hard to explain REI Sift. Have you guys heard of that product? No, I haven't. I haven't used it personally yet, but there's a Zoom call going on right now that I'm probably going to watch the video on afterwards. You should use it, David, because it's like you're, you're doing um, deals in Mississippi, right? Or no, um, it was Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, I would suggest you look into that because... Pretty much with REI SIF, the reason why I like just like doing a hard stop and trying to like re-educate myself is because with REI SIF, like when I was marketing back in October, I didn't even know who was like, I wasn't keeping track of my leads at all. I wasn't keeping track of pretty much anything. And I'm at this point where I'm trying to just build a foundation for like a lean and virtual team for like wholesaling. So we got a few minutes left. I know we we touched on it before we got on the show. You sent me an article, so I'm curious. I'd like to hear what I'd like to hear your take a little bit on uh, what you've been reading about Elon Musk as far as mindset. Sure. So um, what I've been reading about and what I've been pretty much just uh, going through and reading his autobiographies. I've been looking into what makes him like just like a lot of the great thinkers so much different than like just us, and they're really actually not because we can all be like them what i looked upon was the way he thinks was based on first principle thinking and with first principle thinking is it's a lot different than how we're usually taught from at a young age which is pretty much conventional thinking which is things are the way they are because that's just the way it is we're pretty much taught that from like school we're kind of just given that things are there because things are there they can't really be improved because we don't really go into our creative senses, into improving upon it. So what first principle thinking does 
is it breaks down things to the very most fundamental levels and then you build upon that. So like, for example, what Elon is doing is he made the Tesla car, right? So with cars, you're supposed to get from A to B in the most efficient way possible. He realized, you know, gas wasn't very efficient and he wanted to accelerate that. Another example could be how he changed like Tesla battery cells in which he made it like a lot cost effective because um, according to him, the batteries were too expensive and they were like impossible to fit like in a car, in the Tesla car or whatever. But he broke it all down and he like restructured it in a very creative way. And you'll see that in the article. I'll just read through it yourself, but I explains more about it and you'll get a expl- better explanation about it. Uh, but it's changed my mindset on a lot of things because it's pretty much like the vision and mindset because with wholesaling, it's not the end game for me. For me, I think uh, where I want to be at the end of like my life, I think it's very short. You have to think we don't, we're not, we're on this earth, not for very long. Nothing's for certain except for that. I'm here. Like you're just, you yourself are alive and breathing and talking. I don't know if this is a simulation. I don't know anything pretty much going on, on a crazy tangent here. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised uh, you guys are still here and not sleeping. But I just wanted to um, say that my vision here isn't that the end game isn't wholesaling. It's a lot grander than that. And I'm probably going to go into some other things. But yeah, I really don't know what what else to say after this. I feel like I'm going on for too long. (laughs) (laughs) I think think the big takeaway from all this, Ryan, is that you started at an earlier age than most. And so you experienced some unique struggles in a lot of that, right? Through whatever, whether personal life with the family, uh, some of those struggles or the fact that you literally got cut out of a deal because you weren't 18 yet. Uh, and I know mm-hmm. you briefly touched on it here, but you know, the stint where you were like literally sleeping in your car to make ends meet while working through all this. But I think the point and what the reason that we want, I wanted to have you on the show was that like none of that stopped you. Right. And like the idea yeah. that you're still going, you're still optimistic, you're still moving along. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are much older than you that haven't started for whatever reason. It's just the mentality of like, okay, cool. Well, look, hey, Ryan's doing it and he wasn't even legally old enough to do it. You know, so I think the main, I mean, the main takeaway for me with all this and the reason that I like hanging out with you is just the fact that it's like, man, if I had been able to start some of this stuff when I was that age, like I would be so much further along in life, even if I had made some, made some big blunders along the way, because time is on your side, right? Like you can afford to take some risks. You can afford to lose a little bit here and there. Yeah, so. exactly. Things aren't really as bad as what you make it. Like sleeping in a car, like, honestly, it's not, it's not that bad. I mean, it is if you're like underage and you know, you're out of the house, but you know, things aren't really too bad when you're a lot younger because like the worst thing that can happen is, I mean, America is like very safe compared to other countries. You wouldn't really like die from dehydration or not having enough food. I mean, that's pretty much given here. It's not as risky as you think, like wholesaling and venturing into whatever business. Actually, I wouldn't say that because every business could be different. I could be saying like Forex or like crypto when you you're getting sucked into an MLM scheme. You know enough to spot that and you're 18. So that's that's a good start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From military to, to millionaire, uh, crypto, Forex, trading group. Alex has been group. trying to get me to sell that stuff for years. And I just keep telling him it's not my thing. Not me. I don't think so. <laughs> Alex, who? Right. Yeah, not that guy. All right, Ryan. We appreciate having you on the show. 
I would like to ask, because I ask everybody this, do you have a resource that you recommend for anyone looking to get started in real estate? Actually, you know what? I know, so for reference, I am going to link to that article that you sent me. So that'll be in the in the show notes because I, I found it interesting as well. But a book, a course, or a website that you found very helpful while getting started in all of this? Yeah, so first of all, that article is really good because it kind of separates what your kind of true mindset is for you know just excelling at anything in life. Also, something that would be good is I first started reading a couple of books that I would recommend is The Miracle Morning. And I would also recommend Rich Dad Porta because that's what also got me started. And those are, those are great resources. You have YouTube, you have Google, and you can even follow me on Instagram. I'm trying to best as possible document my journey uh, with wholesaling and just everything that I do, like a kind of like a Instagram vlog style. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with it because I usually don't have Instagram. I uninstalled it because it's just distracting. I haven't had it for a year, but I'm trying to post and I'll, I'll be keeping you guys updated, but it should be in the show notes for my Instagram. It's Ryan at Ryan, but the four, the A is the four, R-Y-4-N-B-I-Z is my Instagram handle. Might change in the future, but as of now, that's what it is. Uh, I'll link I'll link to it in the show notes and I'll be sure to share it and tag you when it all goes live. Ryan, awesome. always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us this evening. And I hope that we see you here in a couple of weeks at this next meetup. Yep, definitely. Thank you, David. And thank you, Alex. Absolutely. You're brother. the best, dude. This is fun. Good to meet you. Yep, good to meet you too, you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.